Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up for another scintillating episode of Counterfactual Sports. Sitting here, getting ready to dig into the winter meeting. What's up, Pat? Woo! They've started in Nashville, Tennessee, in some grand old Opry-ass hotel. I saw MLB Trade Rumors Instagram post. It's like a, it's like a goddamn rainforest inside of a hotel lobby because they gotta find these guys the best, just most scenic place to strike deals and and write things on the back of figurative napkins. Probably just their phones. But man, I'm I'm fired up. It's a good time of year. It is National Rosturbation Season. Yeah, it is right. This is for uh, I don't want to say the true baseball fan. This is for the true baseball nerd. Um, there's no games being played. They haven't been played for a while. They won't be played for a while, but uh, we get to see who changes teams. Yeah! It's like fantasy baseball in real life, and that's why we love it, and um, a lot of shit has been going down. It's been extra silly for the silly season. I mean, it's been nuts. Um, and been fun to watch, and to, to bridge our long national nightmare between now and pitchers and catchers. Yeah, it's basically... Um, yeah, and, and almost the pitching market has almost totally resolved itself while hitting market has basically done nothing, which I find really interesting. Um, l- let's the just, Swiss Army player market is done, though. It is, right. It's a market of one, and the Cubs come out on top with Ben Zobris. But let's, let's just quickly run through some of these, um, some of the first deals. Um, people probably know about them, but just sort of in... Uh, descending order of magnitude. So obviously David Price, biggest pitcher deal ever as a free agent, $217 million or whatever over seven years, 31 a year, signs with the Red Sox. Then the next domino is Grinky. The Diamondbacks swoop in at the last minute and get him. It seemed like it was coming down to the Giants and Dodgers. I know you were pretty happy with how this shook out, right? Because yes. you didn't want him, you didn't want the Giants to tie up a lot of money in him but then, obviously, you didn't want him pitching in a Dodger uniform. So, could it have worked out any better? I mean, I guess he could have gone to division, a different division. But, yeah. um, realistically, no. Because nobody saw a time back. But also, if you are of the opinion that this will be an Albatross contract, wouldn't you want that on a division rival? Yeah, but I I'm mean, also it, thinking next year is kind of annoying. <laughs> it certainly is, right. Um, you know what might have made it better? Colorado. <laughs> How much would they have had to offer him? What like what's the premium? I feel like it's at least four hundred in a moon base. Ooh, I like that. Moon base would be solid. I could see Greinke going for that. And also, they're like halfway there, anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. Maybe just ownership of the team. Maybe just. Oh yeah, they could give him like the old him. Pittsburgh Penguins Mario Lemieux uh, deal. So when his contract bankrupts the team, there as one of the major creditors, he gets like thirty percent of team ownership and then becomes an owner. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I could see them running themselves into the ground, no question. Did they already? No, they didn't. They, they actually just got a fat TV contract, which is why they had $205 million to give to Granky. Some of it's deferred, so uh, I think the present value, however you want to break that down, is, is a bit less, maybe maybe 180-something, 190, but um, a shit ton of money, the highest average annual value of any contract in the history of baseball, At maybe least until Hayward Sports. I don't think he'll get there. 34 a year for Grinky, which is just just a lot of money. I used to think $100 million was a lot for a team payroll. That's no longer the case. Um, when are we going to get a $100 million a year player? 
How many decades? How many years? Oh. It's happening. I don't know. It it's not happening soon. I mean, uh, think yeah. about I'm thinking think about how things have exploded, and we're still only up from. I mean, from ten years ago, A Rod got twenty five for twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five for ten, or two fifty for ten. Twenty. Right, and then yeah. he opted out, and they've moved it up to what twenty seven and a half. But yeah, I I, I would say it, it'll take at least fifty years, probably more than that. I feel like there's got to be a ceiling with the sports bubble. I'm more pessimistic, um, meaning I think it'll take about thirty years or twenty. Hmm. I don't so have a hundred million a year player. Mike Trout in like twenty, the 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 Mike Trout of twenty forty, hmm. if he hits a free agent market, Mike. You think you get a multi year deal or just a one year hundred million dollar deal? I don't think you can ever hit those numbers in single year deals. You as the trend has been, that the 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 higher average annual values, people who you're giving that much money to, you also want for a long time. I don't know. I mean, may, maybe. Like, well, why don't we put a a gentleman's wager, just a hundred million dollars, me and you, and we'll check back in twenty forty five. Done. Okay. Cool. Done. Cool. It's on. It'll be on the internet, so there's a record of it. And there's we'll, proof. Yep. One of us is gonna be just woefully in debt. So, you know, <laughs> I hope your kid is also payable in whiskey. Your kid has become an international soccer star by that point, and you know, transfer fees will be out the ass too. So you, you'll probably do it. Well, right. I mean, uh, let's see in. Uh, Ten no less than ten years ago, Cristiano Ronaldo went from Man U to Real Madrid for I think like a hundred and ninety-six million as the transfer fee. What does he get out of that? What cut does he get? Well, he doesn't get a cut. What he gets is he becomes instant free agent to negotiate. He basically can orchestrate mm. the move, right? Um, and he makes him a certain amount. Of money. But he doesn't get any of the transfer fee. Usually not. Huh? It goes to the team. Right. Yeah, I just thought maybe there was like a one percent or something, but. Um, he's someone, he's doing okay. I guess I someone know. could write that into their contract. I'm not too worried about but, that. Uh, but it's not depressing. Yeah. What yeah. happens a lot is that teams um, who specialize in developing young players but know that they'll never be able to keep them, in contracts or in transfer fees, they'll write into the contract that any future sale they get like 5% of. Mm, so, that makes sense. Um, uh, so Madeja, or uh, no, he was with... It's a way to Sporting keep, him, keep him down on the farm team and yeah. build Sporting up their value. Sporting Lisboa, selling him to Man U, I believe actually got some percentage of the Man U to Real Madrid sale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting those dividends down the road. That's a good way to do it. Um, in baseball, it's just all these teams play in the same league, and the low-budget teams just don't get any of that. They just get reamed, and they, they just lose all their good players. Yep. Um, Sorry, Ace. Much like... The A's, right, much like my Atlanta Braves, which is one of the other big deals. Um, you know, we saw... Do you remember when the Braves used to be the big market team? They were fueled by Ted Turner? I do. I do. That was before we were owned by fucking Liberty Media Corp, uh, of which the Braves are just simply one of their holdings, and they don't care. And they won't spend money, and they're based out of Colorado, and they're all bitches. So that's how I feel about that. I kind of hate Ted Turner, but he did love his Braves. Yeah. He did. Um, you need to have an owner like that, I think, to be successful. Like, there's even even if you had a big market, you'd have to have an owner willing to turn up a little bit when when competition window or contention window was wide open. Like, you know, I mean, the the total polar opposite 
which is funny because we've been talking about this for years, but it's the Tigers and their owner, Mike Illich. Mm -hmm. Like every year we hear this story and I don't mean to make light of it, but like Illich, his whole thing is like, oh, I'm ancient and I'm going to die soon. So I need a World Series. And then every year they basically overspend, it seems like, and, and just play in the free agent market much more consistently than even other big market teams, you know, say for maybe the Yankees of 10 years ago. And most of those deals haven't worked out, although they were able to trade Prince Fielder and get Kinsler back. But how how long is Mike Illich like on his deathbed and like are Tigers fans just really spoiled right now? Yep. And what happens when, you know, whoever his grandkid takes over or whatever and someone who doesn't want to just continue to shell out the family fortune? Um, yeah, know, and it's amazing. Apparently, and for a rude awakening. Four Stanley Cup rings isn't enough for the guy. No, right. He's like, well, that's nice, but the other hand, need, my other hand's so light. Yeah, because it's baseball. never going to lift a Lombardi trophy. We know that. That's that's just fact. Yep. So we'll go for the <laughs> Indeed. And probably never the uh, the O'Brien trophy either. Although, you know, Stan Van Gundy is leading the Pistons a little bit in the right direction. But you know, Andre Drummond's a beast. But that's neither here nor there. Like I was saying, the pitching market's exploded. So we've seen a lot of trades. Like Craig Kimbrell to the Red Sox. That that one's kind of we've we've almost forgotten about that. I mean, that was like a couple weeks ago. The Red Sox point. are acting like a contender again. They are. Yeah. Right. They got Dave Dombrowski. He's a trading machine. He gives up Speaking prospects. Tigers. He gets Kimbrell. We got he got Price as we know. And um, you know, what I wanted to get to a little bit was the Braves trade of Shelby Miller, who I think is a very solid pitcher. Like that, like that's it's not meant as an insult. I just don't think he's great. And he had a very good year. His first year in the majors was incredible. Um, came up with the Cardinals, obviously very highly touted prospect. Threw hard, big curveball. But it was very telling, I think, that year when he didn't pitch at all for them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. After having been a dominant starter in the regular season, they threw Lance Lynn out there, who at the time was a nobody, who's since become a very accomplished pitcher, although. Tommy John, he's going to miss the whole year. But, you know, on aggregate, you'd probably rather have had Lance Lynn's career so far than Shelby Miller's, or it's a toss-up, maybe. But Lance Lynn never made people super excited, but yeah, he's... But production-wise, right. So then the Braves get Miller last year for Hayward. I mean, we got uh, another pitcher as well, Tyrell Jenkins. So if I think about it like this, like we traded one year of Hayward because we probably weren't going to re-sign him for four years of Shelby Miller and six years of this prospect Tyrell Jenkins, where it's just, you know, 20% chance he becomes a, a useful guy, but that's a pretty good lottery ticket. So then we still have Jenkins, put, you know, put that in the bank, and then we were shopping Shelby Miller. And as it turned out, there was a ton of interest. Like I was pretty surprised at how people were excited for Shelby Miller particularly because there's so much pitching. Like, it's a market that's saturated with pitching, and Shelby Miller was still, like, the hot product. Like, obviously, he doesn't cost that big investment. He's a trade chip, and he's controllable. But still, I was... I think it's the age people can dream on a 25-year-old. Yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, I like to think that our coaching, player development, etc., made him look a little better last year than he probably is, which I think worked out perfectly. And, And we basically said, you know... We were shopping him to the Yankees, we were shopping him to the Diamondbacks, we were shopping him to the Cubs, and in every trade we were demanding their top, you know, 
somewhat attainable young piece, right? With the Cubs, it was either Baez or Soler, which I would have been thrilled about either. With the Yankees, it was Severino. With the Diamondbacks, it was their all-star center fielder, A.J. Pollock, who's also a young guy. Mm -hmm. So I think what that did, which is why I like what we did so much, is we were literally, you know, bidding these teams against each other, pitting them against each other, and driving up the price. And then when we realized the Diamondbacks were the most serious one about this, basically we had been demanding Pollock. And when they sort of, you know, drew a hard line and said, we're not trading Pollock, their number one overall pick of the 2015 draft, shortstop out of Vanderbilt, Dansby Swanson, terrific name, maybe relation to Brown, unclear. When, when, we, when they wouldn't trade Pollock, Dansby Swanson was the next asset in line. So if they weren't gonna trade Pollock, obviously Swanson was gonna be included, but I think by setting that hard line initially, the move down from Pollock to Swanson, which I actually don't necessarily think is a huge step down, that allowed us to demand other pieces as well. NCRT is a throw-in? NCRT, right. Like a pretty solid second division corner outfielder, you know, ideally is like a fourth guy on a contending team, but like some control over him. And a lot of room. A lot of room. A lot of, you know, multi-skilled guy. Like, he's not just dependent on one thing to contribute. He's good at defense. Like, he can hit a little bit. He's a lefty. He's got speed. He stole 20 bases and limited action. Not at a good rate, but he's he's got tools. Um, and then and then uh, Aaron Blair, who's like a top, you know, 50-whatever prospect, who, you know, another starting pitcher. So I think that trade was fantastic. And if you look at all of that as one year of Hayward, in exchange for six years of Dansby Swanson, who's the best amateur player in the country and who could end up being shortstop of the future, six years of Aaron Blair, who, you know, might be a starter, might be a reliever, might be nothing, and then four or five years of Ender Enciarte, that seems like a great uh, a great flip, a great double flip. That's, so pretty I happy I cannot with that. believe how much they extract from Arizona in that trade. Um, I mean, at the beginning of the offseason when we were floating things around in the office, I was like, well, what would you think about a, a Miller for Susak plus a bunch, a, a handful of prospects? And you you were thinking about it. That's nowhere near this price. No. Uh, it it, it sh- shocks me just how expensive Miller got in terms of assets. Um, I'd also like to mention that at the beginning of this, this offseason, the Braves had their shortstop of the future. Yeah. Why do they have to go get another one? Well, I don't know why. But we basically, the strategy is to stockpile pre-major league pitching and that, for whatever, that's a fine strategy <laughs> well i yeah i mean i don't it remains to be seen the the simmons trade will hinge on uh you know the return turning into a major league starter so which is always a bit of a crapshoot so i don't love that i would love to have swanson and simmons like a, we could make that work swanson could play third yeah. um swanson could play second uh it, it's yeah. one of those things where i i it almost should be like an actual rule that every GM has. When you have a 25-year-old multi-gold glover in an optimal position, you never, ever, ever trade him, period. Yeah, I mean, the Braves and, have basically he showed... the Mendoza line, which he doesn't. He doesn't, and probably has some room to expand on offense. But the Braves have just showed that no one's untouchable at this point. And I wouldn't be surprised if Freddie Freeman gets dealt. I, I don't think he will, because I think they still Contract. need to have... No, I, th- I mean, I think other teams would take on that contract. I just think 2017, they keep talking about actually being competitive that season, and you can't you can't give away the only, like, real major league hitter you have left um, and still want to be competitive in, in two years. So, anyway, that that's probably enough on Miller, but I just wanted to uh, dig into that a little bit. Um, 
Let's talk about some of the superlatives so far. So obviously it's, it's early on, a lot, of, a lot more stuff is gonna develop, but uh, being that we are right in the midst of- Five pitchers may have gotten signed in the duration of this podcast. Right? Yeah, like let's just refresh some pages and see what's cracking. The Angels, Mets, and Nationals are interested in Neil Walker. The Pirates, Pirates seek starters. It's a little late to get on that boat now, guys. Oh, okay. Oh, there we go. Nationals make offer to Mike Leak. Yeah. Okay. Fine. See that one? Like Leak is just the least exciting player he of seems all time. Pretty Dusty Bakery though. Reunited. Like, uh, right. He's totally solid. I mean, I can't hate on Mike Leak, and he's probably he's probably better than you think. I can one hate of on eighty million dollars to Mike Leak. And also, you know, any stats he had. You got to remember that he was pitching in one of the best hitters' parks. He's only 28. He's 5'10. I didn't realize he was a short guy. I, I generally really love short pitchers, so maybe I should like Mark Leak more than I like him. But yeah, I mean, that, yeah, feeling independent pitching is basically at a 4 for his career. Mm. Above 4. 4.2. So he's always been beating his FIP with his ERA. In a bandbox park, that's actually pretty. He impressive. doesn't strike out a lot of guys, right? Which is why Pepe hates him, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but he doesn't walk a lot of guys either. It's a it's a decent mix. He gives up a lot of. Not exactly going to a big park there if he goes to the national. He just doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have swing and miss stuff, regardless of strikeouts, like not just strikeout wise, but but just sort of he. There's a lot of contact, but the Nationals have a solid defense. I don't think it's like a superlative defense. It's it's pretty good though. Um, just trying to think. Through. I mean, they're losing Desmond. Trey Turner at short is he's a hot prospect, but Span's under contract, right? No, Span is a free agent. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's another guy. So so what we're gonna get to in a second is is how many freaking outfielders are left. But let's talk about some of the superlatives. So um, do you do you have either a we can start with whatever you want. Do you have either like a best value buy or a biggest overpay so far that's jumped out to you? Which is the first few days here? Um, uh, wow, so much has happened. Yeah, I know. Um, best value buy. Mm, I might take... Uh, God, it's hard to say this for an old guy, but Zobris didn't get that much. I'm actually surprised at how, at how low he went for. Right. Um, considering the going rate on, on multi-tool everythings. Um, yeah, the last couple of years that contract is gonna be a little iffy, but it fits because the Cubs have the Cubs can spend on older guys right now because so much of their core is young, cost controlled, and cheap. Yep. Uh, and he also is insurance, defensive insurance, for whatever they do with like Schwarber or um, he can't really play center, so he can't replace Dexter Fowler. But right, um, just about anywhere on the field aside from replacing. Rizzo, um, that gives them the luxury to potentially, um, as rumors have had it, that they're going to maybe experiment with uh, Bryant more often in left field. Right. Um, yeah. Right. If you move Bryant to left, Zobers slots in at third. Zobers could play second. Still unclear whether they're going to hang on to Javi Baez. I think at this point I've they heard will. Still there getting shopped. Yeah, I don't get that one. Neither do I, but I've heard it. Yeah, I mean, the, right, so he was in the mix when the Braves were shopping Miller. I mean, in the mix is probably a, a exaggeration. I mean, the Braves were asking for him. Um, yeah, no, the Zobers thing's really fascinating, and, you know, they have more guys coming. They have a whole other wave, um, so I think they're probably hoping, 
Yeah, it's it's more just like yeah. How do you find a balance for all these guys? It's I'm sure they wish that Solaire or Brian could play center. I know that they actually fiddled with Brian a little bit in center, but you don't mm. want to do that um, because they they got to get a bats for Schwarber, they got to get a bats for Baez, and if anyone can do it, it's obviously Joe Madden. And and Russell will be a short. Yeah, I mean, I think he's one of the only guys. Russell and Rizzo are locked in. Everyone else is pretty fungible, uh, but yeah, Russell definitely shorts up of the future. I mean, you feel so good having that defense there. And the bat will come around, but it, it doesn't. There's no pressure on the bat. He he'll be batting seventh or eighth, or not. He batted ninth a lot. They did. Yeah, that. I mean, as long as that that plus glove happens, he has all of the the um, buffer in the world to figure out the bat. And it is a good bat. He's not he's not a glove only guy. Like he definitely came up and was built as an all all around guy. I mean, they, people were throwing Barry Larkin comparisons, which is obviously a you know a 99th percentile situation with, with his career, but he's that sort of a guy. I think a more reasonable hope for them is a Brandon Crawford comparison. Someone who slowly, every year, back gets a little bit better, a little bit better, until he's, oh, actually, he's, a, he's in a, I think Crawford's power is going to regress a bit, um, but an above-average hitter for his position, a great hitter, above-average hitter for position, with a very, very good fielder. Yeah, I think that's, that's attainable. I mean, for sure... Um, came in more hype than Crawford, but Crawford's yeah. definitely exceeded expectations, especially with the bat. Um, I mean, I'm thinking more like career glide path kind of right. thing. Got the glove now, gives you time to figure out the bat. Right. So wait, did you give me a best value or a best overpay? Best value, Soberst. Oh, right, Soberst. Yeah, so yeah, four years, $56 million. The contract is kind of middle-loaded, interestingly. So yeah. the last season is only $10 million. Um, the middle one is like... Middle ones are 17 or something. No options in there, right? No options. He gets full... It's interesting how they did this. Actually, let's talk about this. I'm trying to figure out the logic here exactly. So he gets full no-trade protection, full no-trade clause, but only for the first three years of the deal. And then in the fourth year, he's allowed to... Oh, you know what? I, I, okay. So anyway. And the fourth year, he can block up to eight teams. So, that number seems popular. I think it's the same one that uh, Shark got. But it's interesting that some of the deal has full no trade and the last one doesn't. And here's my theory. That's once it gets cheap, right? Say what? That's once it gets cheap, right? It's once it gets cheap, but my theory is with certain level of free agents, the qualifying offer being extended to them has hurt their value. And this happened uh, especially last couple years. And what it resulted in actually was two guys... Uh, Matt Wieters and Colby Rasmus accepting the qualifying offer the first time that had ever happened this year, the new version of the qualifying offer. So my theory is, so once when a guy is traded during the season, he becomes ineligible to receive a qualifying offer and thus doesn't have to worry about that. Any team signing him doesn't have to give up a draft pick, which is why uh, the Red Sox did not have to give up a draft pick for David Price because he'd been traded midseason. It's why the I Dodgers... With this. I like it. Right. So I think it's not as much of... Obviously, no player really wants to get traded. But if he's traded in the final year, it actually helps him on his next contract. Especially because he'll be 38 at that point. I was about to say, the one, the one question is, for Zobra's contract, do you think that matters that much, considering he'll be very old by that not point? Not that much, but it matters, I think. And so... You think that's something the MLBPA is trying to get people to, to do? what to build that structure into their contract no i mean it's something i've never heard of it's it's 
I, I don't think it's like a, a norm that's being established or anything, but um, it's, it's, you know, I, the qualifying offer is, I think it was going to be under more scrutiny until guys actually accepted it. So I think the system is balancing itself out a little bit. We're, we're finding that equilibrium point a little bit where teams definitely tested the waters of, you know, how sort of what level of value of a player will get that contract and, and really a lot of it is trying to estimate the market because mm -hmm. you know you might know how much you value the player and you might be happy with him at one year 16 um, but at the same time if the market is going to value him higher then the qualifying offer becomes a no-brainer even if you don't value him at 16 I mean you have to be willing that he'll you know to, to run the risk that he'll take that contract which a guy like Weeders sure like he's a catcher that's valuable he has been very disappointing so maybe he bounces back um, and I think the other nuance of it is once you accept a qualifying offer, you can't get one the next year. Yeah. So Weeders is sort of looking at this as like a pillow contract, right? This, this happens a lot where an established guy who has either been injured, who has just had down years, will take a one-year deal to try to rebuild his value rather than lock himself in on a three, four-year deal at yeah. a low rate. The show me deal. Take a one-year deal, right? What can you do? Um, and... The thing about this one-year deal is he definitely won't have the draft pick attached next year, so it actually makes a fair amount of sense for him. For Rasmus, I don't think it makes as much sense because yeah, if Rasmus, anything, Rasmus. he was coming off you know a great playoffs, a pretty solid overall year, seemed to have set him up himself up for a, a long-term deal as well as he probably will be able to ever, and then he takes the one-year deal and he also had, he may not even start. He had gotten enough distance from sort of the, the questions people had when he kept getting traded by the Cardinals, by the Jays. They're like, Cubhouse cancer? What's going on here? Nothing, I've heard nothing bad about him coming out of Houston, so it now seemed like a good time to hit the market. Right. I mean, one thing that I heard, which sometimes this feels like an oversimplification, but it might just really be the case, is that he just really liked Houston. And it seems sort of almost like, yeah, like oversimplified in a way, but... Um, could that have played into it? Just that he really didn't want to leave and he knew they weren't going to match an offer and he, he wasn't going to take a huge discount to stay. So, you know, stay for one more year. Maybe he's trying to prove to Houston that he's worth an extension or that he's worth an offer to stay around. Um, no, I think it matters. Um, I think it's pretty clear that uh, Granke's not wanting to pitch in a big market discussion from like, what, six, seven years ago uh, when he, the Royals were shopping him. Is very clearly that he just didn't want to pitch on the East Coast. Yeah, I don't know if you consider the Dodgers a big baseball market. I mean, it's a big money market, but pressure-wise, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know how... And it's no, not, but think of know. his teams since. Uh, he stayed in the Midwest, then Angels, Dodgers. He was looking at the Giants, Dodgers, and, and D-backs, evidently. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Um, There's a yeah, geographic pattern going on. I wonder, yeah, maybe the Red Sox just liked Price a lot better. I don't know. Um, okay. Well, so I had a Best Buy, but it, I, I'm changing it because it was falsely reported. I, I thought they that the A's had gotten John Axford at, at one year, $1 million, but it's not accurate. They got him at two years, $10 million, which is okay, but I, I don't necessarily love it. Dude, in this market, you might get one year, $1 million. I might. If right. you could pitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my name in the ring, throw my hat in the ring, and my name in the something else. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with, I guess I'm going to go with Chris Young because mm. I just, I love what the Royals are doing. 
I, I'm sure they're working right now to, to re-sign Gordon. I feel like that's really their only, um, you know, big hole at this point, is if he leaves, then they have to fill an outfield slot. The rotation's not great, but I think they're fine with that. They're fine to go in with a sort of a middling rotation. Um, you know, maybe Ventura takes a little bit of a step forward. Obviously, they lose Cueto, but... Yeah, they're uh, making no attempt to resign him, right? Doesn't seem like it. They'll take the draft pick and be happy about that. Or no, no draft pick. He was traded midseason. And I, I've heard scuttlebutt about trying Dyson out as a regular, a regular, everyday player in left, and that just his bat can't do it. Yeah, I don't think so. He's a great defensive replacement and a uh, and a and a pinch runner, but he has he is a career fourth outfielder. Yeah, I just don't think it's worth enough. Like, I think his value goes down if you try to do that because then you don't have him as the defensive replacement. And he's, he's yeah, the bat would have to take a step forward. So Chris Young gets two years, $11.5 million from the Royals. Um, this is the Chris Young, the pitcher, obviously, the six foot eleven or whatever pitcher who, I mean, was just great last year. Had a, basically a three-flat ERA and 123 innings um, and was really good for them in the playoffs. Um Came in as a reliever, I believe, but like did a long uh, sort of chunk of uh, innings eating, which they really needed. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. I mean, it's it's kind of awesome. He gets he gets a little over four million this year, close to six million twenty seventeen, and then there's a mutual option for twenty eighteen, which never in the history of baseball has a mutual option been exercised. Five both parties, yeah. One party wants one thing, but it comes along with a one and a half million dollar buyout, which gets him up to that eleven point five guarantee, but. Um, yeah, I mean, just really solid guy and, you know, gives up a lot of fly balls, which the Royals will make outs on. Like, a guy that benefits from that big park, a guy that benefits, everybody benefits from a great defense, but a guy who needs a great defense, and just, just super affordable. I mean, $11 million guaranteed um, to get a guy who could be, you know, a, a league average sort of three-starter. That's how you have to do it if you're a team like the Royals. Sure, you have a little extra money to play with after... Um, all, the, all the you know the back-to-back pennants and the World Series and and all the tickets that you're selling and all the season tickets that you're pre-selling and all the things that come along with that in the merchandise, but they're still the Kansas City Royals. They're not going to be spending 150 million on payroll. So getting a guy like Chris Young probably enables them to go make a real offer to Alex Gordon or you know go after one of these other free agents who knows maybe they like Fowler better or maybe they like someone like that so give me your biggest overpay my biggest overpay I actually looking at the 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 long term deals um, I, I don't think any of them are that significant of an overpay the free agent deals I just think sort of every free agent deal can be but you know I just think Granky and Price are so good that even if the strategy is sort of misguided their teams are gonna get what they expect from them. Like, they're going to get two to three really good years, and then they may get some bad years. So my biggest overpay is in trade. And, you know, I it's sort of tied between two, and the one with the Dimebacks and the Braves is one I mentioned. I Like you said, I was sort of hoping for, you know, maybe a B-plus prospect and then a throw-in for Miller. I really thought that's what he was worth. And we got an A-plus prospect. We got the 10th-rated player in the minor leagues, the number one pick of the draft, we got a competent outfielder with four or five years of control, and then we got a, a probably a B, B minus pitching prospect like that. That's huge to me. But the other overpay that I, I want to talk about this one because we haven't covered it yet 
is the Yankees uh, trading for Starlin Castro. Yep. Which, a little bit sad. I mean, Starlin Castro was like this super exciting guy when he came up. Um, I think, you know, the name helps. Um, Star, we now have Starlin Castro and Starling Marte. Um, but Castro, like, basically has fallen off a cliff. Like, he's one of these guys who came up as a shortstop. He definitely put on more weight. Uh, he definitely did not stay as athletic. Had to move to second base last year to make room for Russell. But he's still only 25 years old. So, I mean, really is like is like a poor man's Hanley, you know, very poor. But but as <laughs> followed, you know, I mean, he was hitting 300 at the beginning of his career. Never had the the steals and never had the power, um, which is why he's a poor man. But I think you know the Yankees the Yankees traded Adam Warren for him, um, as well as another pitcher who's. Uh, I'd have to look up real quick, but um, Adam Ward's not great, but he's also pretty good. And the Cubs don't need any money. Yeah, and Starlin Castro, that's the big part, is that he, he signed an eight-year deal um, back in 2012, and the, the Cubs basically got super value out of him. So they, they paid for three years of that deal. It was five million in 2013, five in 2014, and almost seven in 2015. So even as bad as he was, the fact that he was a durable second baseman and shortstop, he was actually worth that money in surplus. And then the contract just continues to go up. So the Yankees, I mean, they did pay for his prime seasons. He could turn this around and make this deal look really good for them, which I hope for his sake he does. Um, but they'll be paying him eight million, ten million, eleven, twelve. Um, and again, they only are guaranteed through his age 29. So, so in terms of you know the life of the deal, it's it's the right chunk of a player's career you want to trade for. But at the same time, Adam Warren is a really useful player, and Starlin Castro was worth zero WAR last year. And so you're projecting improvement. Whereas with Adam Warren, you know what he is. There's maybe some upside, but a, but probably a higher floor. He was a swingman for the Yankees, started 17 games, came in a relief in a bunch. Um, I think he'll be a great piece for Joe Madden in that bullpen. We know they need to improve the bullpen. Um, you know, I could see him getting a similar mix of stuff where he comes in for 10, 15 starts um, in the inevitability of pitcher injuries, which will always be uh, something you have to account for. So I think it's an overpay. Um, maybe not as much as, as the Shelby Miller overpay, uh, but it's just, it's just kind of interesting. I mean, he's going to be a second baseman. They already have two young guys sort of at second base with Rob Ref Snyder yeah. and then Dustin Ackley, who's not that young anymore, but either they... It, it was weird because Ackley was an outfielder, and then they had sort of moved him back to second, so do you move him back to the outfield? I don't think you can carry both of those guys, so maybe they trade Ref Snyder or Ackley. I thought Ref, they were set to go with Ref Snyder. I did too, right. And there's like that's what you look at, and you're like, well, what percent chance... Like, what's the chance that Castro is actually better than Ralph Snyder over the full year next year? And probably more likely than not, just given that he's more established major leaguer, but it's is definitely Headley not guaranteed. There? Sorry? Is Headley still there for another year? Oh, yeah, they signed him to a four-year deal. Yeah, okay, so, so he's they, they're in. not moving Castro to third either, which is another possibility. Yeah, good point. Right, not a lot of flexibility and doesn't seem like someone who would play well in the outfield. I think he's probably a very adequate defensive second baseman, um, although he's still learning the position, but... And his bat right now would not play a third. Certainly not. Yeah, I mean, his bat barely plays at second, which, you know, tells you all you need to know about that. His bat would make you question a shortstop right now. 
there wasn't a good shortstop. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, so what's your biggest overpay? So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to, since you did the trade market and I, realistically, I can't disagree with the Miller pick. Uh, that is the biggest overpay. Um, in terms of people just shelling out cash and a pick, I will take some margin. Mm. That's a lot of risk for 90 million claims. Um, he's had, he's had like, he had two good seasons, but last year was lit up. Yes. Um, I don't think it's a terrible overpay actually, but so far, I think it's the biggest overpay of the contracts that have been given out. Um, he's going from a small park to a big park, a terrible defense to a, uh, according to some metrics, the best defense in the league last year. Either way, it's, it's a good defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my almost $100 million, I'd like a little bit more of a guarantee that it'd be a number two starter instead of a potentially a number four. Right. I, I buy that. And part of the reason I think it's a little surprising is just how deep pitching is. Like, you didn't have to make a move right now. Like, yeah, a couple of these guys, have, a couple of the mid-tier guys have already been locked up. The Cubs got John Lackey. The Dodgers got Iwakuma. But you still have these guys sort of in this middle tier, like Gallardo, Ian Kennedy, Kazmir, Meda, Wei Yin Chen. I really like. I don't know why there hasn't been more talk about him. I'm a big fan of Wei Yin Chen. Um, I think I think Gallardo could do pretty well at AT&T as well. Right. So it's just you know they must have liked Samarja. Like there's that they weren't making this move because there was no pitching left. Like they made this he move was because they liked Samarja number two there he was their plan b right obviously right you don't you that was within what 10 hours that that happened right i mean i think you know generally the giants have been pretty good when it comes to free agent deals and they've been they've picked their spots you know and i think i think all the reasons you cited it must be their thought process it must just be like this is a guy who's historically underperformed his peripherals he's a guy who you know maybe will benefit from the you know sort of Lucy goosey atmosphere that Bruce Bochy brings like you know maybe maybe it's been a guy who was a little too intense was a football player you know great receiver at Notre Dame but like maybe um, maybe could use a little step back a little Bay Area in his life and big park good defense maybe we get flip that underperforming his peripherals to overperforming it I mean Rigetti did it with Matt Cain for right. years right so I think I mean the, it, it definitely feels like a bit of an overpay but I think to you know one positive for you is that there, there, there is some upside. It's not all downside. Um, he is still pretty young, I believe. Um, curious about that, actually. Let me look it up. I got it. Yeah, he's thirty. So, well, no, he's probably thirty-one to start the year. It's not that young. It's not that young, but at the same time, that it's five years. I feel a lot better about than if they went silly with the length but usually I tend to be much more nervous about years than, than just dollars right. partially because it's not my money and partially because years is what costs you roster flexibility right. you can screw it up one year well and fine cut your losses and then, then move on the one thing about him that I will say and, and I'm really going to knock on wood here is that he's been quite healthy yeah he's been quite innings like what four years in a row Almost, right? Yeah. So, yeah, the last three years he's been over 213, and then the previous one was 174. Um, probably missed a little bit of time that year, but that was really his first year as a, as a full-time starter. So he's made 
you know, tw you make 28 starts in 2012, 33, 33, 32. Mm -hmm. So you feel pretty good about that. Yes, he did lead the Amer the majors in hits, earned runs, and home runs allowed last year. But, you know, well, all the, home that, the home runs will drop. They will. Yeah, almost certainly. That's, you know, a 129 whip. Like, he's... And he struck out weirdly few people last year. So think about, you know, comes the NL, an extra strikeout per game with the pitcher at least. Mm -hmm. That's that's pretty standard. And He'll also probably get a couple extra strikes in an inning going from, I don't even know who the White Sox catcher is, to a pretty good pitch for him. It was Tyler Flowers last year who is now an Atlanta Brave. So the guy who we originally traded for Javi Vasquez, like oh wow, a, a, a <laughs> century ago. I mean, I think it was back in like 08 or 09. Um. I'm curious about that transaction tree. Uh, so uh, let's move on to the guys who haven't moved yet. Yeah, let's do it. Who is your most interesting available player? Available writ large, so either clearly available via trade um, or a agent of freedom. Yeah, so I had to think about this one a little bit, and initially I was assuming it would be some guy who's a position player because we've been talking so much about the the pitcher market both relievers and starters um but i ended up picking a guy who is really deeply buried sort of in the available starters even though so many have signed there are all those available ones we talked about there's the gallardos the casimirs the uh, chens etc but a guy who i mean it was only i think three years ago that he was like a cy young candidate like, for the listeners, like, I'm just going to keep giving you hints and see, like, I mean, this guy was one of the dominant pitchers in baseball for the late aughts. Um, he, one of the very few so, people to ever actually turn down more money that is, is established to do so. Yeah, I, I believe he actually, I think he had one year where he only walked 13 guys in over 200 innings. Um, so, yeah, I'm talking about Cliff Lee. I like it. Cliff Lee. Cliff Ooh. Lee, formerly of the Seattle Mariners, which is what you were thinking of. Exactly, and he missed a uh, an entire year. I think he had a labrum surgery, which is usually pretty bad for starters. Um, that's a hard thing to come back from, and he is 37. So every sign points to him being probably a bad investment this year um, and not working out. But he's basically come out and said that he does not want... Uh, he, he only wants a one-year deal. So it's that pillow contract situation like we talked about. Um, yeah, in 2013, okay, it was two years ago, it wasn't three years ago, he threw 222 innings of 287 ERA ball with a seven strikeout-to-walk ratio. I mean, I mean, Cliff Lee, if the question is if his arm is going to totally, if his arm doesn't totally break down, if it's just sort of like noodle arm, his control was so pinpoint that he could probably throw 85 and come away with like a 4 ERA. <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine um, two players traded for each other who physically looked more different than <laughs> Cliff Lee and Bartolo Colon? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's pretty cool that they're both still around. Yeah. I'm also pretty sure that the, the Expos were thinking, well, we traded this one pitcher, we got twice as much pitcher back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. If it's a mass discussion, then they're winning. All right, so, so I want you to guess one thing. All right, what... Okay, after he left Cleveland, right? Because mm -hmm. he was basically good in Cleveland, had a couple one of great side. years, but, you know, really exploded when he came to Philly. So, Texas. once too. he left Cleveland, what do you think... What was his highest 
walks per nine for a season. Post Cleveland. Post Cleveland. So that's a, uh, or we could even say two. That's high. Oh wow. It one. was 1.6 in 2011 when he had a just an abysmally bad only 5.6 strikeouts per walk and just <laughs> finished third in the Cy Young voting. I mean, yeah, the guy the guy's an animal. Yeah, so it was that it was that 2010 year that he had 18 walks. He's the guy who stares at the umpire when he walks somebody because the umpire was wrong. He knows he was wrong. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I mean, right, the guy guy's an animal. Um, and I, I'd like to see him bounce back. Like, he was a nemesis for a long time. Really hated seeing him suit up for the Phillies and just mow our lineups down. But um, I think this guy could be really interesting. I think every team is interested. Uh, you know, this is... It, it's a... it's You know, it's sort of a dart. It's, it's, a, it's a lottery ticket, but the upside is massive. And it'll probably be cheap. The way the pitching market is going, relatively speaking, one year... But like, like you said, like yeah, one year or anything. One, is, one, yeah. 111, 115 seems about right to me. There's no real commitment, and, you know, he's even a guy I could see, you know, every, he appeals to every team because a bad team could pick him up. You need somebody to throw innings, and then if he's good, he's an awesome trade chip at the deadline. Yep. Like, think about the value of him as a trade chip. If anything, the fact that he's not signed long-term, that's a benefit. The fact that he has playoff experience, battle-tested, all that sort of, all those soft factors... Those all are in his favor. And if he's throwing well, I mean, he could be one of the best trade chips of all. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you're not going to trade it. Like, if the if the Dimebacks are in the tank, like, they're not able to just, like, unload Grinky. Like, you know, Cliff Lee could, could really get a nice return. So that's my guy. What, what about you? Who's your most interesting man? Of interesting um, because of the potential uh, ways in which this could go um, and because it's testing the new posting system is uh, Kenta Maeda. Um, I've heard everything from potential number two starter to like back end of the rotation, like number five. So uh, the sort of unknown factor of Maeda, people, some people will be thinking, huh, this guy might be, I'll just think of a good number three, number two, Iwakuma. Um, or this guy could be Daisuke or, or going back a lot further, uh, Nomo. Gr- gr- uh, breaks in the league, does really good one time through the league. And just people figure him out, and he gets lit up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not that old. He's like 27, so he'll be going into his age 28 season. Um, so I could see some team's going to take a flyer on him, and I'm really interested to see how it goes. Because it's really hard to interpret uh, NPB stats. I mean, I was looking back at his his record, and he's had like he had like a 1.5 ERA season a couple seasons ago. It's such a, a pitching league um, that even when people say, "Oh, think of it like." A high AAA. I'm like, yeah, but I'm used to the AAA being the Pacific Coast League where people hit 600 or whatever. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm fascinated to see, too. I mean, we have, uh, you know, we basically the, the last free agent to come over from Japan has been incredible. And Masahiro Tanaka, he's been a little bit hurt. which has The one before that, you Darvish, has also been hurt, but also been really good, also too. Also been really good. Right. So I think, you know, that obviously helps Maeda. I think he's... He's considered a step down from those two guys who were basically the best players to leave Japan, like when they were actually leaving, um, and you know are some of the greatest all-time players in Japan even. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think this is a guy. Like, it's crazy how much pitching is available, but there's so many teams that haven't even waded into these waters yet. 
who I think have a lot of budget and who have needs. There's another value signing that we didn't discuss with Uakuma. Yeah, that seems solid. I, I don't think it's a huge, I don't think it's huge value. He's pretty darn old in his three years, but the Dodgers have not shied away from signing injury prone guys before. Yeah. So, right, I, I think the, uh, the upside potential is pretty massive with Uakuma. He was one of the probably 10 best stars in the league a couple years ago. Um, I mean, they traded for Latos. They signed Brett Anderson. Uh, they're, they're willing to take the injury risk because they'll eat the money. Yeah. Well, right. McCarthy didn't work out. Um, a lot of them oh, right. didn't McCarthy work out. Too. But, yeah. Scott Baker. But uh, McCarthy didn't sink them. No. Nothing could sink. <laughs> A ship made out of money. <laughs> it's just how it goes. Um, yeah. No. So, the one thing that, that's funny... And interesting to me about Meta is that, you know, we're obviously comparing him to Tanaka and comparing him to Darvish, even though we don't really know what kind of pitcher he is. Um, but I'm just a little bit fascinated with how we do that. How when a when an international player is coming uh, to the big leagues, we don't have a ton of data to go on. So uh, one of the big reference points is simply how did his countrymen before him make the transition? And I think Meta stands to get a pretty big deal because of how good Tanaka and Darvish is. I mean, remember, Tanaka got seven years, 155 contract, and that's after the posting fee. And I think people are okay with that. Yeah, I think, you know, if he stays healthy, production-wise, he was absolutely a $20 million per year pitcher yeah. uh, the first couple years of the deal. Well, right, if he's healthy, that's the caveat. But, you know, Maida, we don't know what to make of him, and he, he could be a total bust, um... I think expectations are probably high, just like they are um, with the guy, Kim, that uh, the Twins signed. So yeah. they signed a Korean slugger. Um, first baseman, right? Yeah, first baseman. We, we saw uh, Jung-ho Gong come over from Korea last year. The Pirates got him on a, a really moderate deal. I'm actually going to look up the terms of that because I'm curious. Um, but then he balled out. He had a really nice year. He obviously had that really rough injury where he got his leg basically snapped in half on a slide at the end of the year, but uh, they, it was a four-year, $11 million deal, plus a team option. So that that's going to be a huge steal. The team option is only $5.5 million with a 20, you know, 250k buyout. So Gong is a huge, huge steal, um, and I think you saw, you know, Kim's deal was not big, but it was a little bigger, and it, it was just, we have not had that many Korean players come over, and when the first notable one that does plays well, there's inflation that happens after that. Um, and I don't know if there's a better way to do it. It's just always, it, just in terms of these guys' earnings and, and how these guys' careers play out, it can be very luck of the draw. It's like, well, how did the guy before you do, what, how, what sort of a path did he pave? And that can result in you uh, as, as you know Kim this year, or as Maida, or as Yasmani Tomas getting a ton of money from the Diamondbacks really benefiting from, from a, a talented countryman. Yeah, you can really help out. You, you can lift all boats with your rising tide of, you know, sweet all-around game like like uh, Gong had. Or Jose Bray. <laughs> right, or Bray. I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but, you know, Bray's contract looks pretty reasonable at this point, and then Tomas's doesn't <laughs> relative to production, but I think... Like, again, Tomas's was a direct result of Abreu coming in and balling as well as other Cubans who have come over uh, and been good. But I think, you know, Abreu 
Abreu probably that his first year might have been the best year, might be the best year he ever has. Yes, and it might also be the best year that any Cuban player has. You know, not necessarily, but but it could be over the next ten years. So here's a hint to anybody looking to sign international hitting: um, make them take a few grounders first if you want to plan to play them at third base. That's accurate. Yep, and it happened with the Braves too. We traded Alex Wood for Hector Oliveira who was picked as a third baseman, and we basically put him there for a month and said, nope, we're converting to an outfielder. And that automatically, you know, a guy loses a certain amount of, it's hard to quantify, but loses value when he has to move down the defensive spectrum, um, where even an average third baseman is very valuable because he can play an average third base. That's mm-hmm. a hard skill. Um, whereas an average left fielder, uh, those are kind of a dime a dozen, at least defensively. So, uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with Meta. You know, there's some teams that are made of money. Ooh. Yeah, well done, so. sir. I don't know. And, uh, you know, but there's like, he's left, Cueto is left. Cespedes. Cespedes leak. I mean, right, there's a lot that's going to happen. So, like, the before, good Upton. The good Upton. Um, before we hop off, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about those remaining players and the remaining teams uh, who haven't really gotten in the fray yet. So, like, which of these remaining guys are like are you most fascinated to follow? Like whether it's Cespedes, whether it's Hayward, Upton, Cueto, Gordon, Meta. I mean, you already talked about Meta. Chris Davis is going to get like 150 million. I mean, which which of these guys are you most keyed in on? Not necessarily for the Giants, but just as a story. Um, Hayward, partially because yeah. uh, as someone I think it was Grant Brisby uh, pointed out on SB Nation uh, that he's almost a test for how well people value um, sabermetric defense in war in war mm-hmm. um, because he's no one doubts that he is a superlative outfielder um, but how much are they willing to pay for that and credit that as an all-around contribution to the game where his hitting is good mm-hmm. not great and or how much are people saying like ah He's a 26-year-old outfielder with a cannon arm, but he hits, what would he have last year, like 270? Something like that, yeah. but pretty good on base always. But but a corner outfielder who is an on-base guy but doesn't have a lot of power for that position. I mean, if he was a right. second baseman, he'd have massive power. He actually had 293 last year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Good, uh, it's Cardinals dust. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, the power thing, and, and, and most people for corner outfielders look for big mashers. Yeah. And he's not, and he's never going to be. Right. Um so is it some is someone trying to pay him and see maybe if they he could play center? Um, it's a possibility, actually. Right. Uh, it is. Yeah, I think I think it's a risky proposition just given his like six five two forty five frame, if that's accurate off the baseball reference. I mean, I've seen him play center and he can definitely hack it. But will he in ten years? Because he's going to get a very very long contract, most likely. Yeah, but no, I, I'm definitely interested too. I think he's a great litmus test for how the market and certain smart teams especially have adjusted to what they value. And, and how um, much defense is valued. Yeah, and base running. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a really great base running. Like, I'm looking for his... Um, I mean, I'd love to see someone like Joey Votto hit the market, too, for the same kind of reasons. Yeah. Well, he's a first baseman, but he's got no power. Some team is going to say and be an idiot. So, like, according to some stats I'm looking at, he was... You know, so that they baseball reference has a, some player value stats that are like just the different components of war, mm-hmm. right? So they're just talking about um, how many basically runs better than average he was, 
Um, and a, a ton of that, 24 out of 43 comes from defense. But then a full six comes from base running. So that's, you know... That's a really huge... In theory, yeah. like a seventh of his value is base running. Um, and it's not just steals, obviously. You know, it's, it's like going first to third. I mean, he stole 23 and only got caught three times. So that's a really nice rate. Let's compare, uh, say, D. Gordon, who had a way better year than I thought he would. Um, yeah, let me pull that up. What's his base running? Or sorry, let me get the... Let me get the counterfactual sports team on it. Or our data team. Data team? Awesome. Yeah, Make it right. Happen. I mean, according to this one stat, it's not the end all be all, but um, <laughs> D. Gordon was only had two runs, two positive runs base running. So he did steal 58 bases, but he also got caught 20 times. So yeah. he was uh, less than 75%, which is really, I think, Terrible. has been calculated as the break-even point. Like, you got to be 75 to 80% to actually be worth it for your team. And he, he won a batting title last year. He led the league in batting average, hits, stolen bases, caught stealing. Fascinating year. <laughs> really interesting year. Vince Coleman. Yeah, with exactly. batting average. Only 25 walks. He almost... Ooh. Here's something to watch for. Um, D. Gordon... Here's like a nice prop bet. Um, D. Gordon uh, caught stealing versus walks. He's never had more caught stealing than walks. How Get close this, has it been? It, well, he had seven and seven in his first year, which was a short year, obviously, only 224 at-bats, but that's pretty crazy. And then last year was the next closest, where he had 20 caught stealing and only 25 walks in 615, well, 653 plate appearances. How could no one teach that man to, to take a couple walks? If you just get on base, like, one more time a week, D. It's unfortunate. Right, and that's a lot of strikeouts for a leadoff hitter, 91. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I mean, like, what the it sounds like the Nationals are, are trying to lock up Mike Leak, which is interesting, basically swapping him in for Jordan Zimmerman, who the Tigers signed. That feels like, at this point, kind of a push. Like, I think Zimmerman probably is a little better, but the way he's trending, he might not be. Yeah. Um, it seems kind of, when I heard that, I was like, oh, right, Dusty went to the Nationals, so that actually makes sense, too. Yeah, I mean, Leak is comfortable. Leak is young, he's solid, he eats innings, you know. In Leak theory. is really, really okay. Yeah, he's very okay. So he'll probably, you know, you figure if you sign him instead of Zim, that's twenty million maybe in savings if we peg Leak for similar to a Samarja deal. And Leak might get a little bit less. Even. You might even get a little less, right? So do you? Where do you spend that twenty twenty five, or or do you, um, or are you just saving it for the, you know, all your young players arbitration raises? They're losing Desmond. There's another guy. Um, you you give it to Jonathan Papelbon course just as a as a purse as a reward for keeping harper in line yeah but i mean i'm interested to see too like i still think the dodgers have more to do the cardinals were the second highest bidder on david price which means they have money to spend which is really weird when are the cardinals bidding for free agents rather than just growing them in a little plot it's very strange right like in the the matrix revolutions when they go to the whole fields of people being born and then the Tigers signed Zimmerman, but if anything, to me, that means they're definitely going to spend more because they already... He's not it. They committed halfway, yeah. and Mike Gillich is still dying, so... They have J.D. Martinez, they have, uh, they have Miggy, you know, Zimmerman, the sort of shadow of Justin Verlander. They need more. Right. They probably need more. I could see them getting, like, a Justin Upton for sure. I could definitely see that. Um... Yeah, the, the outfield thing is fascinating because I feel like there's so many dudes, whether they're the top 
level dudes or sort of the um, you know the Denard Span, Dexter Fowler class who could step in at center field for a lot of teams and um, yeah but like the Nationals even right like they're losing Span and they lost Desmond and they lost Zimmerman so they if they get leaked they're replacing Zimmerman and they already know that the kid is going to step in for Desmond so you figured some of that money would then go to the outfield um, but it's I know it's like he doesn't even get it um, uh, where's Cespedes going? I saw a prediction for the Angels, like not based on anything, but just like a pre-off season. But yeah, I just feel like that could make sense. I mean, the Tigers could make sense. It's weird it's that the Mets have totally back. gave up on it. It yeah. is weird going back. Uh, yeah, mean, and it's also weird that the Mets have announced that they've given up on it. Yeah, the Diamondbacks. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Actually, all of these guys, the Diamondbacks. I, I want to see the Diamondbacks sign yeah. Gordon, I mean, Cespedes, Despster Fowler, and Justin Upton again. Yeah, and probably Gerardo de Parra just to to make to to reunite those guys. I just feel like, guys. and I, don't get me wrong, I love Cespedes, and I and I love him not just as like a human, but like I think he's a very good player. But he feels to me like a player that a dumb team is going to sign for way too much money. Yeah, but just like for too much money, too many years, and too putting too much stock in last year, the recency bias that you talked about earlier. You know, I could see Seattle. I could see Seattle. I could see. Um, White Sox. The White Sox, yeah, yeah, that's actually what I was thinking. Yeah, I mean, they, they have, uh, I guess they have Melky under contract. They don't really have room for him, but we could push Melky to the to DH or, you know, maybe Avisel Garcia, they're ready to throw in the towel on. I don't know. I mean, like, I, the Yankees, the Yankees. They, we no longer talk about the Yankees as this market-setting team. It's now the Dodgers. The Yankees have done nothing except for take on a lot of money of Starling Castro's contract. It's really weird. Yeah, and I mean they they've talked about wanting to get below the, uh, you know the the luxury tax, which I believe they've done, and get what younger. What sort of but... world are we living in? The Yankees are not trading their best prospect. Yeah, <laughs> they are uh, not in any of these rumors, uh, and they're talking about getting below the luxury tax. It's weird. It's a mixed up, crazy world. I mean. Yeah, they're still such an ancient team. Like, they do have that kid Greg Bird, who I think is pretty solid. They have Alex Rodriguez under contract until, like, the world I think ends. this is the last year, actually. I think this might be the final year. But, yeah, like, they're they're counting on Teixeira coming back. They're counting on Beltran's corpse still running around. They're counting on Brian McCann. Who like, had a pretty good year last year. Pretty good. But it's still, like, a 230 hitter now. I mean, the rotation is... Yeah, it's okay. I just don't... Like, what do you do? They seem to be caught in the middle, and I feel like the move for them maybe would be to, like, be okay with that for now and not necessarily try to win the East next year, but try to, like, try to make that the last year of some of these guys. And, the like, specter of any team that is aging is the uh, don't be the 2013 Phillies. Right. Keep yeah, going all in and then just having it all melt down all at once. Right, which like I get that there's pressure. You know, you're the Yankees, so there's pressure to keep going all in. But I don't like what they've gone all in on. Like that Ellsbury contract is gonna it already looks bad. Yep. It's gonna look way worse. The Castro one could work out, but probably won't. If Tanaka can't stay healthy, that's another one. I mean, that is right. risk. He's a very good pitcher when healthy, but it's a long time yeah and if all three of those are like 
even moderately disappointing or like even at the average result I just there's not a core there there's not a core to win I don't think and and the Red Sox just made the top of that division a little more crowded again to share okay so to share and A-Rod both come off the books after this year and then Sabathia I'm sure you know given that he came out essentially as an alcoholic I'm sure there's some clause where they're getting insurance for his contract as you know Ooh, he's got a vesting option. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> that said, I mean, that contract was one where um, they pre- paid top dollar for a premium free agent. And for the first, like, four, five years of that contract, they must be very happy with it. With Sabathia? Yeah. Yeah. They were. But... <laughs> Want a ring. They got a ring, right? Fly, fly forever. And now he gets 25 a year. Um. So... I want let's let's uh, sort of I guess wrap things up with quick hits. I want you to tell me where these guys are going to end up. Okay. Um, you can either do it in a serious way or just to like say think of the funniest mystery team you could possibly think of. Um, okay, let's do it. I think um, I think Hayward is going to get re-signed by the Cardinals. Agree. I think they'll find a way to make it a manageable deal for them, and they've already sort of showed their hand by bidding so high for price. So I think he makes the most sense of any of these players for them. Um, Cespedes I really want to say the Diamondbacks I want to say the Diamondbacks <laughs> I think could, like why not you know they proved that they're all in they just traded like one of the biggest peaches peaches well, peach such a peach said, well he's a Georgia peach now they traded Dansby Swanson who was you know one of the big pieces of their future they sunk that money into Grinky. They, I mean they're clearly going for it this, the next two three years and I mean, Cespedes is awesome. Don't get me wrong. Like, he will be... It'll turn into an albatross, probably. But he could, you know... That's a really exciting team all of a sudden, right? You've got, like, Pollock, Goldschmidt, Cespedes hitting 2-3-4 or whatever. Or, you know, 1-3-4. And then you've got Grinky. I mean, they... It would cause me to start praying and making sacrifices to my even-year gods because I wouldn't <laughs> trust them to be able to do it all on their own. Right. I mean, that division just got a little crazier and, you know... We still don't even know what AJ Preller might do, because um, he's learning a, from his mistakes last year. I don't know. Shields I mean, is probably gonna get flipped. So maybe. Just, I mean, it's it's probably smart what he's doing is staying out right now. They've they've talked about uh, so I'll say Desmond to the Padres because I've heard that one kicked around a bit. They just traded Jed Jerko to the Cardinals, so they're less one other infielder. Where he's gonna turn into an all star because Cardinals. Yeah. Get your game on, go play. Uh, I'm gonna um, take Cespedes to. Uh, Marlins. No, just kidding. Uh, Angels. <laughs> Why not? Um, I'll take uh, I'll take Justin Upton to the Angels. Um, like I still think they they still think their window's open. Like you kind of got to keep going for it. You only have Trout for like five more years, and as bad as Pujols is, like you still have him like being okay in the middle of that order. It's an aging team, but I think you need to double down if you're the Angels. You can't afford to rebuild right now. Um, so so pick up Justin Upton. I bet they get him at a decent deal just because there's so many other outfits. Like I could see like a five year hundred, which I think mm-hmm. is I think is reasonable for him. It'll it'll look bad probably eventually. Cueto is the one that I really can't peg. I'll take Jay Upton. I kind of I'm thinking I should say the Tigers, but I really want to say the Nats. Mm. Yeah, I could see that Cueto. Cueto maybe the Diamondbacks. <laughs> Just, just say Diamondbacks. When in doubt. Um, Cueto, Cueto, 
Cueto. I could see him going to the Angels as well, actually. They definitely need to bolster that rotation. They always have money. How about someone like the Astros? Yeah, I could see that. The Astros probably are going to make some noise. Um, they haven't done anything for a team that just made the playoffs. I could see the Astros swooping in and getting Chris Davis. No, well, they seem to be okay with with uh, big, hulking, giant power strikeout machines. Exactly. So why not get a guy who has 50 homers instead of 25? Yeah, fair enough. Kenta Maeda, um He's already declared West Coast. Um, I'm going to say right. Angels. Right. I'll say uh, I'll say Seattle. I yeah, don't know. that's a default, default. Japanese player. <laughs> exactly. Um, Alex Gordon, I'm going to say San Francisco. I, I, yeah, think I was pay, thinking that too. I think I, they're going to pay too much for him. Um, but it's still, yeah. I think he makes sense. Yeah, I think especially sense. if you can get like a four-year deal, maybe, yeah. maybe three with a vesting option. Jeez, if they could get a three, I don't care how much they pay. Like, be great. The rest of the team is young enough where you can afford, like, it's a rich enough team you can always afford to have one semi-bad contract on the books. Yeah. Now you do have the Kane one, but at least Pagan's coming off in a year or two, or is this the last year of Pagan? This is the last year. Thank I God. really, really want Thank them God. to sign two outfielders and just bury Pagan because it's just, he's so broken. Just put some concrete shoes on him. <laughs> take him so out to the bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, maybe Dexter Fowler. Dexter Fowler. Um, that one's hard. Maybe I'll say the Cubs re-sign him. Because ah. like I think I think the draft pick is a little scary on a guy like that. Because you're like, do we really want to give up a first-round pick? And they don't have anyone else to play center. They don't have anyone else to play center right now. You know, they have a couple kids. But I could see, like, a a little three-year deal um, where you're like, this is low enough where even if he ends up being our fourth outfielder as, you know, the now, like, swagged-out big market Cubs would be okay with that. Plus, mm-hmm. obviously, they won't have to give up that draft pick. Although, then they don't get the draft pick. So there is an opportunity cost there. Mm-hmm. I should also be thinking about teams who already signed a free agent because then you lose just the second round pick, which yeah. is much less important. I'm going to say Fowler goes to a team that doesn't give a shit about draft picks right now. Tigers. Yeah. That actually makes sense. That I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, there's going to be some shuffling with all those dudes, with all those sort of okay third outfield you know, third best in your outfield, like Span and Fowler. Although oh, Fowler, Span. Where's Span going? That's a good one. I don't know. Like, I think he'll go San to Diego. a bad team. Yeah. Because they finally need a, they finally pick up a center fielder. I'm going to say maybe the Marlins. I don't think Ozuna. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, they have Yelich. They have Yelich, and they're trying to... Yeah, not the Marlins. They're, they're trying to ship out Ozuna. They are, though. So, okay, maybe that makes yeah. sense. They try to trade Ozuna for a pitcher and sign Span. Yeah. Don't force Yelich to play center. He's That's a, that's a good outfield with... With obviously Giancarlo hopefully bouncing back. I mean, like the Padres make sense too because Will Myers is clearly stretched in center. They need to get a center fielder. They're going to lose Upton, so that frees up a corner spot. Yeah. Um, for him and Bat Kemp's. Yeah. Knees. Actually, yeah. So that's supposed to the Padres. I could kind of see. They haven't played center. Load up the NL. What? No, haven't played left. And then keep Myers in center. Yeah. I mean, I don't love it, but it seems to be what they... Although, he was playing first base at some point. Like, yeah. Make up your mind. Uh, I was going to say, like, um, Preller seems to... Honestly, I'm surprised that the lineup didn't work as well as I thought it would last uh, last year. But um, he, what is he doing with that defense? Yeah, it's bad. I mean, he got rid of Jerko, who's 
probably not great. And hopefully for them, Spangenberg is good, but like signing Ian Desmond isn't going to help. I mean, I've never heard anyone described as a, that's a future American League GM. <laughs> but it seems like it. that man needs a DH. Yeah, that's rough. That's real rough. Yeah, Will Myers played 38 games in center, 22 games at first, 4 in left, 2 at right. Ooh, Gerardo Parra seems another very Padres-type player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I could see them yeah. showing way too much. Yeah, right that one. Like, give him the Pagan contract, probably. Yeah, then for, if there's any team that might overvalue defense or something like that as, like, a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, that's fair. I could see that. I could see... Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, bad team. The Phillies are going to do something. They're yeah, going to get one really of these are. dudes. Like, it would be interesting if the Phillies... They might take Cespedes. Or Hayward. Yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but... They would like, have to pay, they'd they'd have have to pay, pay a, a huge guy. tax on yeah. Hayward. So, for Hayward, he would... Yeah, Hayward like might hit 200 with the Phillies. Yeah, that's, that's probably... And 160 good. somewhere else. Actually, I could see, like, Fowler to the Phillies. Yeah. When the sort of market is drying up a little bit, then they move in and try to make their team somewhat competent. I mean, I could actually see any and all leftover players in February to the Phillies. Yeah. Like, it, instead of getting one of the one of the bigger names, I could see them get um, Para, Fowler, uh, Cueto, and... Or actually, Cueto's a big name, but he hasn't gone yet. And, like, half of the middling pitchers. Mm-hmm. All. What about it. the Mets? They're going to need to fill that Cespedes oh, hole. Oh, God. Daniel Murphy. Phillies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can see it. Maybe uh, then Pavel Bond back to the Phillies just to complete the hate loop. Yeah. Actually, the Mets would kind of make sense for Justin Upton for me. I don't know if, if it's in their budget, but they were bidding on on Zobrist, who... It's um, expensive. It's not cheap. They're talking about trading for Neil Walker, uh, so that would fill the second base hole. Do you think Upton's going to sign for less than Cespedes? Yeah. Okay. I definitely do. I mean, the, the I age difference makes a lot of sense. I know he's a little younger... Um, I think Upton's younger, right? Upton's uh, quite a bit younger. Yeah, I just... I don't know. He just doesn't have the sizzle. And I unfortunately, I think that's part of the free agent thing. Like, so his consistency is like... Eh. And also, like, Upton went from being uh, one of the best right fielders in the game with Arizona to, like, he bulked up. He's not a great asset on defense anymore. Yeah, he sort of passed through the okay in Atlanta, and then, then they're trying to hide him now in San Diego. Yeah, and I think I mean the the power is nice. Like they, everybody talks about right-handed power being, being a big, uh, just sort of a sought-after thing in the market. But, um, well, power in general in the now, dead ball era too. Yeah, he did also hit two fifty last year. Like I don't, you know, batting average, whatever. But on base three thirty six, it's about average, average on base with good power and average corner outfield defense. Yeah, I just I just can't see, and I can also I mean he's hurt he's hurt by Cespedes and and Hayward being the exciting players in the market, and then Gordon being like maybe the smart team's option to like Upton, but you know again I wouldn't be shocked if the Angels give Upton six and one twenty, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's worth it. No, but Artie Moreno usually doesn't deal with worth it. No, he deals with I want. I want, I want. That's true. He is, he's 28. Yeah, it's a pretty good age to be a free agent. Well, shit, that's probably all I have. Yeah, we... What, no other sports exists during no. this week. Sorry, people. No, try sorry. Again. 
What what happened to the Patriots blow a game? Eh, who eh, cares? Whatever. Panthers still undefeated. Eh. Uh, I, eh. Me. College football final four. Leicester City. How about Leicester City? Leicester dude? City. Yeah, Holy man. Well, shit. nicely pulled out. Yeah, they, well, they'll, I, they'll never keep it. They they can't possibly stay up there the whole the whole season. But at the almost the halfway thing point, to track. that's fun yeah, for sure. Well, that's all that she wrote. Although she's writing more, but for us, that's all she's writing at the moment. It's sort of a serial publication. She's a little sick of us. She's sick of us. She's done with it. Um, that's the, I, I, want, I could talk about this for nine hours, but I think that would be a lot of editing for you to do. Yeah, and besides, half of what we say is going to be wrong in like three hours. <laughs> that's accurate. The Marlins sign Cespedes, uh, Maeda stays in Japan, Upton gets, goes to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, shit, dude, Colorado. You never like, know. Who, who, on a one-year, sh- let's boost my homer numbers contract. That would be brilliant, <laughs> that actually. Would, that would actually, actually be it. I want to go hit in Colorado. Yeah, right. Okay, well, let's guys, go hit in Colorado. Let's go hit in Colorado. Coming to you guys in a couple weeks from Colorado, where we won't be skiing, but trying to see how far we can hit softballs. Indeed. Later. Peace. Costello, I'm going to New York with you. You know, Bucky Harris, the Yanks manager, gave me a job as coach for as long as you're on the team. Look, Abbott, if you're a coach, you must know all the players. I certainly do. Well, you know, I, mean, I never met the guys, so you'll have to tell me their names, and then I'll know who's playing on the team. Oh, I'll, I'll tell you their names, but you know, strange it may seem, they give these ballplayers nowadays very peculiar names. Funny names? Strange names, pet names, like Dizzy Dean and Daffy, Daffy, Daffy Dean. And their French cousin. French? Gouffet. Gouffet Dean. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, let's see, we have on the bags, we have who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. That's what I want to find I out. I say, who's on first, what's on second, I don't know who's on third. Are you the manager? Yes. You're going to be the coach, too? Yes. And you know the fellow's name? Oh, I should. Well, then who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Who? The guy on first. Who? The first baseman. Who? The guy playing first. Who is on first? I'm asking you who's on first. That's the man's name. That's whose name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's who? Yes. (laughs) You got a first baseman? Certainly. Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, who gets the money? Every dollar of it. (laughs) All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Who? The guy that gets the money. That's it. Who gets the money? He does, every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Whose wife? Yes. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name to the contract? The guy. Who? How does he sign his name? That's how he signs it. Who? Yes.
Why? Because. Oh, he's center field. He is field. Look, look, look. You got a pitcher on a team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tomorrow. You don't want to tell me today? I'm telling you, then man. Go ahead. Tomorrow. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow? You're going to tell me who's pitching. Now, listen. Who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say. Who's on first? <laughs> I want to know what's the pitcher's name. What's on second? I don't know. Good Good day. Day. <laughs> the catcher's name. The catcher's name. Today. Today. And tomorrow's pitch. Now you've got it. All we got is a couple of days on the line. I'm a catcher, too. No, they don't. I get behind the plate, do some fancy catching. Tomorrow's pitching on my team, and a heavy hitter gets up. Yes. Now, the heavy hitter busts the ball. When he busts the ball, me being a good catcher, I want to throw the guy out of first base, so I pick up the ball and throw it to who? Now, that's the first thing you've said right. I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Naturally. Who? Naturally. Naturally? Naturally. So I pick up the ball and I throw it to naturally. No, you don't. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's different. That's what I said. You're not saying that. I throw the ball to naturally. You throw it to who? Naturally. That's it. That's what I said. Listen, you ask me. I throw the ball to who? Naturally. Now you ask me. You throw the ball to who? Naturally. That's it. Same as you. Same as you. I throw the ball to who? Whoever it is drops the ball and the guy runs a second. Yes. Who picks up the ball and throws it to what? What throws it to I don't know? I don't know. Throws it back to tomorrow? Triple play. Yes. Another guy gets up and it's a long fly ball to be caused. Why? I don't know. He's on third and I don't give a darn. Well, what? I said I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our shortstop. I'm in it. 